0: We just wanted to take a second to remind you that while we're okay swearing when little ears are listening, you might not be, and that's okay. So here's your chance to pause us and wait for nap time, or pop in your earbuds. We hope you enjoy the episode. That last episode was some heavy shit, and I had it an was. emotional hangover that. Did you?
1: Okay, we haven't yeah. even talked about this yet, so I, we're, we're referencing the last episode, which was uh, grief. grief. <laughs> Just I, grief in general. I had a full nervous breakdown and luckily mm-hmm. had therapy the next day, and we can do an additional episode if we want to talk about my full nervous breakdown and my- I would um, love to. And everything my therapist told me because I literally had, like, a full revelation about all of the world during yeah. her our oh, hour together. So luckily I, had, luckily I had therapy the next day because I was still in a full tailspin after the mm-hmm. episode. But you and I discussed that we wanted to elaborate on the friendship and spouse portion of mm-hmm. grief. And we want to keep this a little
0: light and help you whether – You're in the grief situation or as the griever or the person supporting. And we both came up with our list of what helped us as well as what would help what we wish people would have done. Yes. Um, And I'm not going to lie. This was not – some of it was easy. I had some really great friends. But it was Mm -hmm. also hard because I feel like when I have a friend who is grieving now on the opposite end, I still (laughs) – if you know me, you know I'm a runner. So I <laughs> run away from the situation and I try and be supportive and all these little tips and tricks that I remember, I just kind of blank out on. Um and so I think this episode is is useful and if you're a person who has gone through a traumatic experience a lot of times supporting people who are going through that can be very difficult because it brings up emotions for you. And so this yeah. can just be like a little list and we can even compile it um, kind of in the show notes or on our Instagram and just give a few tips. And if you guys want to chime in on that post on Instagram, find us I on Insta- also
1: think that this is important in terms of a lot of mine, and I don't know what you're, because Jenna and I usually compare lists. Mm-hmm. We didn't this time, but a lot of mine are peripheral people to the peripheral. I'm saying that correctly. I have Invisalign, so it's not my fucking fault. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, mine are a lot of people that, were very unlikely support people. And mm, that's the best. Like, oh my God. It was crazy. A lot of the people that I thought in my grief were going to be my biggest supports vanished. And these like silent, wonderful people came in out of nowhere. And I will forever, ever, ever associate the trauma I went through with the good in these people that didn't Aww. have to do a thing for me. They could have yeah. just been like, oh, Janelle's dad's dead. Like, we'll see her when she gets back from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And then instead, they were went out of their comfort zone, texted me in a time that felt tumultuous and asked real life things they could do to help me.
0: Isn't that so beautiful? Like, that is oh my so- God, it- Oh, I love that. And I'm not going to lie. Like sometimes the people that you're the closest with that you think would be there the most Mm -hmm. aren't. And so that's Mm -hmm. something to also consider. And a lot of times people are just scared of this. Either they've gone through it and so they're running like or they've never dealt with it and they don't know how to deal with it. So let's get into it. You want to start us off?
1: I sure do. Okay. My number one thing, and you'll read this across all grief platforms in terms of social media, books. Do not say, let me know if I can help. Yes. (laughs) What should we say? What should we say is, I'm coming over at five, I'm taking your kids. I'm coming over at seven, I'm cleaning your kitchen. I'm Mm -hmm. coming over at nine, and I'm going to help you address thank you cards. I'm coming over at blah, and I'm going to help you do this. If that doesn't sound good to me, say no thank you, no explanation needed. Exactly. So do not come at someone in the early or late stages of grief when they're in a bad place and say, let me know if you need anything. Mm-hmm. Never again say to a person, whether their parent is sick, whether their child is sick, whether they, they are sick, never again say, let me know if you need anything. Say nothing at all or say an action you want Thank to you. do and give yes. them an out. Tell me your thoughts. That was on mine. That was (laughs) on my list. (laughs)
0: Um, It stops saying also, what can I do to help? Because you have to remember these people are probably overwhelmed with messages. Their Mm -hmm. thoughts are going. So if your message, say you send a text message and it's, I'm so sorry for the passing of your parent, what can I do to help? You're most likely just gonna get a I'm good, thank you, or a thank you or nothing. So instead, yes, and they have so much going on. And they need so much help already, especially if they are, or they were the caregiver and they're dealing with everything else. And they have children that asking another person for help is so overwhelming. So just say, I'm going to drop by your house and leave a package on your porch. I'm going to schedule house cleaners for this week for you. I'm going to help you write your obituary. What time do you want me to come over? Not your obituary, obviously (laughs) Your." (laughs) <laughs> loved one. You could been- write mine. I'd right? love it if you wrote mine. <laughs> exactly. That was a big one on my list. Ugh. And I had one person do that. And it was an unexpected person. <sighs> and she is the sweetest person ever. And that was the first I'd ever heard anything worded like that. And you know me, I haven't read a lot about grief because it's hard for me to. And so when she did that, it was night and day compared to the other messages. That message stuck with me and we are friends, but she is not one of my best friends, but that
1: just, it was beautiful when she did that. So the most beautiful thing I will ever remember mm-hmm. is my friend, Laura, who I was, it was like a seven out of 10 on my like friend slash acquaintance list but our kids loved each other, was like, I'm coming to take your – she knew I was um, writing thank you cards for the gifts. And she said, I'm coming to get your kids what time works for you. And I was like, she was my neighbor. So she was on foot. So it wasn't like hard. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm fine. They're fine. And she was like, no, I'm coming to get your kids Mm -hmm. what time works?" And I got to just sit and write thank you cards and cry my eyes out without worrying my kids were going to walk in without worrying Mm -hmm. that I was like, I just really got to be alone by myself for the first time since my dad died. Mm -hmm. And it was one of the biggest blessings, everyone, anyone ever gave me. And she was a person that easily was not that close to me and could have just been like, let me know if you need anything. Yeah. And she instead went out of her comfort zone and said, like, basically I'm abducting your children and I will Mm -hmm. forever be thankful for that.
0: Yes. And I did have a lot of people offer to watch my kids. I took up one of my best friends because I had a a midwife appointment and she watched my son. But besides that, it was just, I just wasn't comfortable saying, okay, or I didn't think about it. And so, yeah, I think that's a great example and make it a now action, not I'm going to watch your kids period. When do you want me to? Like if you're coming over to help with something, ask like, is it a good time today? You know, that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. But Make it a now action. I love that. Oh my Um, God,
1: it was a lifesaver.
0: And I want to kind of piggyback off of that with one of mine. Remember that the person who's grieving might not want to see people. And so if you are setting up a meal train, offer to also put out a cooler so that they don't have to interact with people and they don't have to worry about being home. So meal trains are great options if people are open to it. And again, don't ask, just say, I'm setting up a meal train. Do you have food allergies? Set it up for them. I'm setting out a cooler outside so you don't have to interact with the people. And whoever is dropping off just drops it off on inside the cooler and done. That was a big thing that one of my friends did for me. And I thought that was so great because I was already overwhelmed with all the phone calls and interacting and I just needed some time as and well I as completely I agree. Spending, I- yeah, I was spending so much time at my mom's house, cleaning it out that the thought of having to be home was overwhelming. Majority of the time I wasn't home. So put out a cooler for the meal train so they do not have to see people.
1: Also feel okay declining a meal train. Mm -hmm. I declined meal train because I, like you said, couldn't face seeing people. And I was in such a weird headspace that I couldn't figure out what I was ever hungry for. I would feel nauseous. Like I was almost like a weird feeling of pregnancy where you feel nauseous about some foods because you're just Mm -hmm. in such a dark emotional place that sometimes you're like, oh, I can only eat sugar right now. And sometimes you're like, oh, I can only eat meat right now. And so feel okay declining a meal train. But Mm -hmm. like Jenna said, if you accept a meal train, ask them to let you have an option because there was no way I was seeing anyone. Like I could not be bothered to see someone for food.
0: And we set up ours. I had a hard time. I don't know about you, but mornings were really hard. And so I asked for breakfast friendly things like muffins and stuff that I could feed That's my kids. That's
1: so smart.
0: Yeah. Because I yeah, was I the think same way. I wasn't really eating and I just needed kid friendly foods because I needed my kids fed. I didn't need to worry <laughs> about myself. And I was also pregnant. So I was like, I don't even know what I'll eat or if yeah, I just.
1: And I did, I said, I appreciate it. I, we're not in a meal train situation, but anytime anybody wants to drink, drop off coffee, we will take Mm. it morning, noon, and night. So there's other alternatives. Say like, can I set up a coffee train for you? Cause, or can I set up, I'm trying to think, or a comfort item. I had friends that would drop off like blankets and sweatshirt. That's another beautiful option if a meal train isn't a thing, but don't expect to drop it off and get a hug and a thank you. Right. Pretend this person has a communicable disease and yeah. you don't want to see them and they don't want to see you and it has nothing to do with you. And they maybe do want to hug, but assume mm-hmm. they don't. Exactly. If they do, they'll go to the door. If um, they do, they'll show up. Surprise.
0: And to go with that, I had a few friends who included things for my, mostly just Ezra, my oldest, because Peyton wasn't born yet. And then when my dad passed, she was itty bitty. Yep. yep. So they included things that would distract him that he could do on his own. And I got these gifts also when my mom was passing and it was so nice. Like he was into Thomas the train. So one friend got me like a little Thomas the train track and set. And so I could bring it with me. Oh,
1: I have that one too. And I love that one. (laughs)
0: Yeah. So when I went to go see my mom, he could be downstairs playing and I could go upstairs and do what I needed to do. He could also play it quietly with her. And so if you have the financial means or- If your kids even have toys that they're not playing with that they want to give to a friend, a teddy bear to hug, anything, something to distract the kids. And if you're doing a meal train or whatever, you can set that on their porch as well. Again, I would not say – like this is not the time for recognition. Like I'm bringing your kid a gift. I would love to see you. Don't even tell them you're coming. Put it on the porch. Send them a little message. Hey, there's something on your porch. Yep. And – Make it something that's somewhat quiet so that the mom can think. And if you want to include something for mom, the good things like I got some teas because I was pregnant, as well as books, but not books about grief. I hate to say that, but books that will distract their mind and take their mind Mm -hmm. off of it. Or even just like some kind of like little like puzzles, like Sudoku, that kind of stuff. Anything that they can do that's going to keep their mind busy.
1: Okay, so my next one is we get enough pity, show up with something else. I felt so overwhelmed with the amount of pity I, and I am, you're, you're a runner and I am mm-hmm. naturally um, avoidant of people pitying me. Mm-hmm. It makes me like right now, look at my, like <laughs> just thinking <laughs> about people feeling sorry for me makes me have a physical reaction yes. and people should feel sorry for people when people die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should. That's a natural inclination. But my biggest memories in the early grief are the people that showed up with something besides pity. Mm-hmm. So I have a girlfriend, Courtney. And she dropped off a card, I think, and a plant and in the card. And I will not cry. I wish I I wonder <laughs> if I, I have it in one of my boxes. I'll have to get it out. But it was a long card and she was like, based on everything that you've written about your dad, he sounds fucking rad. You know what I'd really love if you would let me take you to coffee sometime when you're feeling up to it and just tell me stories about your dad. Oh, that's so cool. That's so Show cool. up wanting to hear stories about my dad. Mm-hmm. And not say, Oh, I'm so sorry, are you doing all right? And I also what had happened? friends, tell me everything. You don't want to talk me- about the great cool. you talk about
0: the good times
1: I love yeah, that and she was like your dad sounds fucking rad I would love to hear about like some of his cool biker days or like when he oh, was a cool. bouncer and like she always showed up with the card that said an action that wasn't pity and I mm-hmm. really appreciated that and I also appreciated friends that would show up and be angry with me yeah and hold my hand and say this is so fucking unfair I had a girlfriend who I'll probably talk about further in here named Sarah and she was in a these 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 are all peripheral people to me. These aren't my Mm -hmm. best friends. These are people that are seven out of 10 on my friends level at that point. And she would show up and be like, she was a, um, heart surgery like assist a nurse for heart surgeries and she would sit down and be like this isn't fucking fair this isn't how this normally goes like Mm -hmm. he should have been okay thank you but they're not always okay and I'm fucking sorry and he was supposed to be up and walking in eight hours like you expected and he wasn't and it's not fair show up angry with me and sit in me sit with me in my anger Mm-hmm. Don't show up and rub my back and say, Oh sweet baby, is there anything I can say to you to make you feel better? Because unless
0: you want cuddles, give cuddles. Like you if you want cuddles, yeah, you, can, you can, can read If They're the person, trying to avoid like mm-hmm. back off and talk about something else.
1: Yes, yes, yes. If they are not, if you don't feel them lean into whatever you're you you may need to switch your if you go over there thinking that you're gonna just show up and wrap them in a warm hug and that's not where their head is that day it doesn't make it better.
0: (laughs) No. And that's my number one on my list is just talk, just talk. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if you're like, I just don't want to bother them. Don't just send a text message and just be like, Hey, thinking of you. Hey, my kid did X, Y, Z. Hey, does your kid want to FaceTime mine? Just (sighs) talk. It does not have to be about grief. If you say you don't know what to say, then don't say anything about grief. Of course, address it. Because I did have some people that never addressed like (laughs) your parents' past, which was fucking awkward.
1: And then they're just like, have you seen any good sales on Cheetos lately? And so they like completely avoided (laughs) me during that
0: time. And then it's like, okay, now I'm back. Is everything good? Like, don't do that. Address it. Tell them you're very sorry. Like if, you know, all those things, just talk to them. But then after that, just talk yeah. the next day don't be like how are you doing because we know how you're doing you're shitty yeah. like super shitty yeah so shitty as ever <laughs> right or be like hey you want to hear a funny story i know that like you're probably not in the mood to laugh but i just wanted to share this with you And just just, in case, (laughs) just talk to the person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because yeah, I like I said, I had some people that just avoided family even. Well, and And you talked about
1: that with your dad when your mom had cancer when you were young, your dad Mm -hmm. lost friends because people don't know how to act. And they sometimes just are like, I guess. I'll back out and and they keep thinking like, Mm -hmm. I'll I'll text her next week. I'll text her next week. I'll text her next week. And then all of a sudden it's been a year and you're not a person anymore in my world.
0: And if the griever doesn't respond, that doesn't mean they don't want to talk to you. It might just mean that they forgot or they read it. They acknowledge it. They love it. And if you don't know what to say, go on fucking Pinterest or Instagram and just screenshot a little quote that says how important that person is and send it to them. And when my mom had cancer the second time, I was married, but without kids. And my aunt would send me send me an inspirational quote every morning, like something about like, you've got this, you're a fighter, like we're going to get through this together. And those just helped me every day because I was caring for her. And mm. just knowing somebody thinks about you, just Just fucking talk to
1: them. And knowing somebody wakes up in the morning and one of their first thoughts is you validates your pain and validates your situation in a way that I don't think people that haven't been through this can understand. Knowing that someone's getting up every morning and gets hit in the stomach like you do really Mm -hmm. makes you feel less alone.
0: Exactly. And even just I'm thinking of you. Yeah. And that brings me to the last one I have on my list. I don't know how many you have, and it's a don't which I don't love don'ts. I try to not use those a lot with my kids. I love
1: don'ts. (laughs) But
0: here it is. Do, (laughs) and this should be number one, but I wanted to save it for the end because it's my favorite slash least favorite because it's a don't. I'm so excited. Do not tell the person everything will be okay or it will get easier. (laughs) I had so many fucking people tell me when, so when my mom had cancer the second time, I had people tell me they had to do an exploratory surgery to test the cells to see if she had cancer. This was for her first ovarian cancer. And I had so many people be like, it'll be fine. It's just, it's going to be benign. Guess what? It wasn't. When my mom was super sick the third time, and basically we all knew she was dying, but no one would say it because the doctors wouldn't even say it. I had so many people be like, don't worry, she'll get through this. You can get through this. Well, she died. And then that makes you mm. resent the person. I hate to say it, angry towards the person. And mm-hmm. when people say things like, don't worry, it'll be fine. How do you tell somebody, don't worry? That is impossible. Just please do not say that. And then after that person dies, do not say it will get easier because guess what? It won't. And when I was a teacher, school shootings, unfortunately were a thing. And they told us, a psychologist told us, Do not tell the children everything will be fine because if they lose a friend, if they lose a parent, if they get injured, Mm -hmm. they are going to have trust issues. And so I have -hmm. always done that with my kids. You do not say everything is going to be fine. You say, like as a teacher, you say, I'm going to try my hardest to protect you. So if you have a friend, tell them this fucking sucks. I am so sorry you are going through this, but do not say everything will be okay. That was my biggest pet peeve. And I never and there were times where I'd be like, no, it's not. And then how awkward is that afterwards?
1: <laughs> like, you're like, really it's, good at awkward okay. though. You pull it oh. off. So I'm fine with it. <laughs> so that is my do not one. say everything will be okay. And you're completely right. Um It'll get easier. But that's a human reflex, especially in Western culture, is mm. to like, down. I forgot to bring my book with my sweet quote in it today, but it was yeah. based, I'll read it later. But telling someone everything will be okay is negating their need to be heard and seen and validated. Mm-hmm. You are not validating someone by telling them everything will be okay any more than you are when your kid's crying to say, Knock off that crying, or I'll give you something to cry about. Like you're not yeah. saving anyone, you're not fixing anyone. If that is what comes to your lips, swallow yeah. it back down and then mm-hmm. stomp it out, and then think of anything else to say. Say, anything. have you heard that Adele's coming out with a new album? I don't know if that's that true, but I'm just saying. Like, think of anything yes. to say is Did better than. Did you see the things. neighbor streaking down the street the other day? Yes. Like, anything. Just, yeah. Anything. Okay, so I have leaning in. Um, I had two friends, so I barely knew this girl, Sarah from the gym and I'm sure every one of my family's always like, Oh, Sarah from the gym. So she's the, <laughs> she was the cardiac nurse and mm-hmm. she barely fucking knew me and heard through the gym. Cause I went to a gym that was really close and I had a lot of friends there at the time and she heard what had happened to my dad and got my phone number from like the front desk. Like, I don't even think we had each Aww. other's phone numbers. And called me and was like, Listen, I was a cardiac nurse in the ER or in the operating room. I've done all of these procedures. Can you call me anytime you have a question? And she barely fucking knew me. She could have easily been like, I got three kids. I'm good. I got two jobs. Like, I'm fine. And I would call her all hours of the night and be like, Okay, he needs an ECMO. What does that mean? He has a the sit in his neck and it's not in his leg. What does that mean? He, and I would take pictures of all the medications he was on and be like, what is this? Right. Two in the morning, I'd be in the bathroom crying at the hospital and she would answer. I would lay on the floor in the bathroom at the hospital. (laughs) Jenna, I just want you to sit with that for a minute, Uh laying on the floor of a hospital bathroom, crying to this person. I barely know Sarah who knows the answers to all my questions and she could have easily just looked the other way. And that's my other part of this lean in story. My, the trainer at my gym texted me as we were driving from Virginia to Minneapolis and said, some of the girls want to get some money together to send flowers to the funeral. I, knowing you (laughs) feel like I know your dad and your dad wouldn't want flowers. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, how many like ballsy steps did that take right. to assume you knew of, about a person because you assume I, what I like? Mm-hmm. And I was like, my dad and I hate flowers. Yeah. Thank you for sending me this message. And they donated to St. Jude's Children's Hospital, like over a thousand dollars as a community. Oh, that's And awesome. my dad loved kids more than anything. So we were able to donate a yeah. ton of money to St. Jude's instead of having a bunch of flowers, which me and my oh, dad always cool. said, like, flowers are not really our thing. Like they're yeah. just something you pick and die and they're expensive. Those are two people that went out on a limb and could have easily have been like, oh, mm-hmm. this is could be a potentially awkward situation, but I'm going to do it because as awkward as I could potentially feel is not as terrible as Chanel feels right now. So like, mm-hmm. let's do what we can to support Chanel even if it feels uncomfortable. Oh, I love that. I loved it. They like, those are two of the most outstanding things that I will always remember about this experience is yeah, those two people. And you also said about the friends that lean away from you. Um, I had one friend that I think I, so my dad died in August. I was a mess through Christmas. I texted this friend in like February after Christmas and was like, Hey, how are things going? I haven't heard from you in a while. And she was like, Literally wrote back, I wish I could find it on my phone, literally wrote back, oh, I assumed you were like dead or something because I texted you on Christmas and you never wrote back. Mm-hmm. And I wrote back, oh, I'm sorry that I forgot to write you back. I, I You may remember that she was there, the, like I was with her the day my dad died. Oh my and gosh. I said- I spent Christmas crying in a chair. I remember none of it. My husband bought and wrapped all the presents. So I'm sorry if I didn't respond to you that day, but I wasn't being a good friend to anyone. And she just wrote back like, ha, ha, ha. And I never fucking spoke to her again.
0: Good for you. Good for you.
1: Yeah. How self-centered are you that I didn't respond to your like generic Christmas text the first Mm -hmm. Christmas after my dad is dead and you're going to hold that against me? Yeah.
0: Even if your dad didn't pass, like, that's just not being a good friend. I'm sorry. Uh, Even if
1: you, yeah. Even if my dad was like, I'm sorry that Chris, you don't know what holidays are hard. Like I don't owe you a Merry Christmas generic ass text. No. And I, Christmas was so blacked out to me that I didn't even know she had texted me. And I wrote, I said, I don't have any record of you texting me, but if you did, I apologize because I had gotten a new phone since then. Mm -hmm. And I was like, just so you know, this is what my Christmas looked like, and I'm sorry that you didn't fit into the hierarchy of needs at that point. And she just wrote back like, ha, ha, ha. And I was like, and you're done for me. Yeah.
0: And this wasn't on my list, but it reminded me. um, As a friend, remember your friend who's grieving. It's not a cut and dry kind of thing. They will have stages that they go through years later that are unexpected and that are dark and that are hard. I had one during COVID and I lost a friend during it because she could not support me and she couldn't understand where I was coming from. And I tried and tried and then I got the not the nicest message from her. And so I just decided that that's not what I need in my life right now. And when you reach out and tell somebody that you're having a hard time over grief that is very vulnerable. That is very difficult. That is very hard. And as a friend, take that as like a precious gift. Like my friend told me she, because like, it's so easy to just pretend like we're fine. Yeah. And if you reach out to somebody and tell them that you're having a hard time, good job. And if you're the person that hears that from somebody, like, be like, oh my gosh, they are giving me this gift that they trust me with this grief, yes. that they trust me with this heaviness years later. I mean, I, like I said, I'm two and three years out and I still struggle. And there'll be times where I'm great. And then times where I'm not. And I have those friends that I tell, Hey, going through a hard time. And it's not usually a day or a moment. It's weeks, sometimes months.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I I, have had the same experience. And if someone like, I, I think of it as like, there's been a hundred times where someone will be like, Hey, how are you doing? We haven't talked in a while. And I'll start to text like, fine. How are you? And Mm -hmm. then I go back and I'm like, I really trust this person. And I delete it. And I'm like, you know what? I've had a hard week with, you know, the grief from my dad still. And they're like, oh, okay. Well, let's talk about that. That is Mm -hmm. so precious. And I'm trusting you with a part of me that is vulnerable. And Mm -hmm. if you can like come and meet me in that place, like you're right. Die. Like we're good to go. Right. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And like everything Which I didn't expect. Everything new is hard for a person who's experienced grief. So COVID brought up all new, everything, Mm -hmm. feelings and thoughts and grief and everything. Having a new baby, of course, as you can imagine, even moving homes. When I moved, you would think it would be a happy and glorious time. And I know that you and I have talked about how we both experienced this when you moved out of your house too. But that house is where I had the memories with my parents Yep. And leaving that behind. And then this is going to sound crazy, but I was also like, if they ever come back, they can't find me. And I was so I paranoid loved when that. you said that. Cause I had never <laughs> thought of that. I
1: mean, I it just, it's, I, I know they're not coming back, but I was like, if they do, like, should I leave a note on the door? I guarantee so. when this podcast airs, you will not be the only person that feels that way. Oh, my
0: brother has said he feels the same way. Cause he's moved
1: to California and he's like, they, they won't know where to find me, but Well, and mine, I'm moving to Chicago and I'm like, my dad got in his ex or like everything happened to my dad while I was in Virginia. Like, right. Yeah. But I couldn't wait to get out of that house that I found out he died in because there was a spot in that house I couldn't walk past Mm -hmm. without. And that's why I moved too. It was. Yeah, happy moments, but there was so much heaviness in that house. Yeah, it changes the house. And my final thought is maybe this is the time that the griever wants to learn about Jesus. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not the time the griever wants to talk about Jesus. Yes. And so I was all about Jesus. And I've had moments Mm -hmm. of going back to Jesus. On my dad's six-month death anniversary, I sat in church and bawled my eyes out by myself. Mm -hmm. My husband was traveling. My kids were in child care. And I, I was there that moment. But like my mom was really pushy about like your dad should be buried at the cemetery with this person and this person at the religious part of this. And we should have a priest there because of this. And my dad wasn't into all that stuff. Then I had some, you've had mixed experiences with certain things mm-hmm. in the Bible. And I had mixed experiences with some grief support groups that were church-based. And just know that saying everything's going to be, get better is a lot, also like, he's in a better place. He's with mm-hmm. our Lord and Savior now. Like, mm-hmm. not the time. Yeah, I think that we can all agree that there's- time and a place for religion and you and I may have differing we don't even know each other's full religious views and this is not yeah. a religious top like podcast saying he's with our lord and savior now when someone is like trying to keep their kids alive and trying to like get out of bed every morning doesn't he's in a better place he's not in
0: pain yeah he's
1: in a better place he's not in pain and I'm like yeah well your mom's here so cool thanks for the advice Um, And guess
0: what? My mom would
1: have taken all that pain if she could have just been
0: with her grandbabies. Not even a question.
1: (laughs) Yep. My dad would have done anything like your griever may or may not come back to Jesus or may stick with Jesus harder than ever or may turn away from Jesus. But it is not your job to save their soul in their grief. Mm -hmm. Let them come there in their own time frame. Yes. And just be there to walk with them without being like, can we pray together? I had people who would mm-hmm. literally be like, can I come over to your house and pray over you? And I, in the beginning, and I was like, um, no. Yeah. Thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah. Good for you for saying no. So yeah, I hope this is helpful. I'm going to try and compile. No, I'm going to compile Ooh. all the tips and kind of compact them. Because I think that yes. this needs to be out there to be accessible, um, even for myself, <laughs>
1: Yeah. And Jenna's uh, Jenna loves a good spreadsheet. So send us all of your suggestions for things that did help you. So you can even just write into, um, we have an email, uh, playing by the rules at Gmail, send in this helped as your subject line and write what helped, and then send this doesn't help as your subject line and write that list. And yeah, once you say it and someone else agrees with it, you're going to be surprised how much less painful it feels.
0: Exactly.
1: So as always, call your therapist. And take your meds.